0: On this episode of Real Good Movies, we are back with Matt. Hello. and So Dan. happy to be here. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> to have you back. Uh, welcome back to another episode. Uh, Dan's here as well.
1: That's me. I'm here. Hello. Dan-
0: <laughs> and this week, we're going to be going over uh, the villains of movies we covered in quote unquote season one, a uh, long list of them. So we compiled them, made a little bracket. And uh, yeah, so this uh, this week's episode is best villain from season one of Real Good Movies. I just made the list. I went through all the episodes that we've done over the last, I don't even know. I think we're on episode like 26 or 7 now. It's half a year. Yeah, yeah, we're we're up there. <laughs> so I, I compiled them, we randomized them. Um so these are all m- villains from movies that we have watched and we have talked about. Matt hasn't been on every episode, but it's it's uh, always good to have three three voices for this.
2: Yeah, and I'm um, I'm happy to be here. This is I guess this is my first visit for season 2, right? That's correct. The, uh, and I'm the, noticing the redecorated studio, the couches, <laughs> you know, wonderfully, what, what, is is this gorilla leather? Yeah, it's <laughs> imported. Oh, it has to be. I, I, I can't so. tell you what country. Season two, from. that's for the big bucks. Two, season
1: two, we got shag carpet. Everything's mm. going good.
0: <laughs> very 50s Big vibe, budget
1: though.
0: now. <laughs> So what we're going to do, we'll go through bracket by bracket. Um, It's there's 16 contestants in here fighting for the number one spot of of best villain, I guess you can say. So why don't we kick it off easy with uh, the first of the brackets is the Green Goblin versus Kristoff from the Truman Show. Round
2: one, fight. Now, my first question. (laughs) Yeah, uh, questions. Yeah, we're going to need those.
1: So so you go, please.
2: (laughs) While we go through these, Green Goblin, is this his entire arc do we include his elements from Spider-Man uh the recent Spider-Man movie or is this just from the Spider-Man 2002
0: we're going to look at these movies as the villain is portrayed in the movie itself
2: okay cuz you know some of these some of these guys have some re- redeeming features later on that I will not be attributing to this tournament
0: exactly and that's what we want we want we going to look at it one movie basis um how they acted, how shitty they were. Um, It's tough because if you look at Green Goblin, he's very much like a comic books, like bad guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Would you say he's driven by revenge?
1: Yeah, he is, but he's also just... I don't I don't know. He's just got that weird edge to him where he just kind of just wants to be an asshole, kind of like the Joker or whatever for. I mean, he's got his reasons, but but yeah, I, I don't know. He's it's he's nuanced, I guess. I don't know.
2: Now, if I remember correctly, he wants to like push forward his new goblin technology and glider mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And his yeah. you kind know, of like a super soldier uh, serum type thing. And his board of directors is shutting him out of the whole thing. He tests it on himself, which kind of makes him psychotic and strong. And he's and now he has the uh, his glider technology and he take yeah, revenge. He takes it upon his uh, he takes it upon the uh, the board of directors. He like liquidates them, he turns mm-hmm. them into skeletons with his skeletons, bomb, yeah. if I remember correctly. And uh, his only thing against Spider Man is that Spider Man stopped him and you know and he flies off. We'll meet again, Spider Man.
0: But when you're Um, talking villains, motives are pretty important here because otherwise uh, you just get like a lame revenge story.
1: Yeah. And and that's the thing about the Green Goblin. Like he can't be inconvenienced by anyone or stopped or anything. Like if you get in his way, like you are on his shit list, like you are, you are done.
0: So on the other side of the the bracket, there Christoph from the Truman Show. Wow, one of my it, favorite episodes. Yeah,
1: it's it's uh, really amazing that these two ended up serendipitously against
2: one another. I, this is going to be an interesting one to flesh out. I think it's interesting because you randomized this just before we started, <laughs> yeah. and it's still seed one versus seed sixteen. Uh, yep. Christoph yep. was the bottom of the list to the point where I'm asking, is he a villain? Were you guys like, you guys? I think you guys are kind of stretching the the title of villain to to go to to christoph from the truman show
1: well i I guess it depends on how you look at it i mean if that was your life wouldn't that be your villain like uh right but i I don't know i I get what you're saying it it is a stretch
0: in the like uh
1: common notion of a villain or whatever there's two
0: different almost tiers of villain here because you got like the one that is almost like a realistic thing that could happen. Like the, the boardroom executive, the, the, the TV media mogul wants to take this child, raise it for his own benefit, his own profit and, and how he's perceived by everybody. Whereas green goblin is just like, he's just pure violence and just eliminating
2: people. Yeah. I would think Kristoff does what he does in order to keep his job. Cause I don't, he, I don't think he's the end all be all station manager. There's got to be people above him, especially especially when it comes to like sponsors, maybe. Yeah, he's but basically
1: he, he, like a director and like a
2: content
0: creator or something. Yes. I guess. And
2: but now I'm if, sure there are people he answers to as well. Sure, sure.
0: There may be, but at the at some point in that movie, I do remember them saying that he is the creator of the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. So if he's the end all be all, he's the creator, then that makes him one of the shittiest people on this planet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's it's hard to put these two against one another because uh, if you think about it in that regard, he is a, a, a horrible, shitty person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Green Goblin is so standard for like a villain. He's he's so, uh, he's just, he's going to stop you, whatever. He, he he wants to fight you because you get in his way or whatever. Kristoff uh, is like a whole nother level of like, I'm going to... Ruin your entire existence <laughs> and everything you you thought about it. Like that's some deep shit. That's way deeper than just fighting somebody and throwing their girlfriend off a bridge or something. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> yes. Once Truman figures out what he is living in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. had he never figured it out, he would have lived his life and died of natural causes. I'm sure and sure. not known the wiser. But okay, so I am going to uh, give my vote and the reasoning. Okay, real quick. Sure, I am going to pick the Green Goblin simply because his motives are much clearer, and he's a super villain.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's psychotic,
2: <laughs> he's evil. Uh, Kristoff, like I said, is trying to keep his job, he's trying to keep his ratings up, yes. But it was clear to everybody that this man was uh held captive and filmed in order to pleasure you know the the audiences sure. and mm-hmm. keep them intrigued mm-hmm. nobody said well except for one i think there, there was one clear yeah, voice the, the girl yeah his uh his uh his uh would-be girlfriend mm-hmm. who i get is probably starting some sort of movement that we don't see it's off screen
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh but so but the masses sta- said we don't care what truman's life is really like we want to see him on tv so the fact that most of the world didn't see Kristoff as a villain kind of speaks to that character.
1: Yeah. It's, it's kind of like everybody's the villain. If, if you're not uh, speaking out against it and you're supporting it or, or whatever you're, you're tuning in to watch it. So therefore you are part of the problem as well. So yes. So can he be singled out as the villain? I get that. I like that.
0: I I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, put these two in the real world. And I don't know (laughs) if you could say silence is basically like promoting one side Mm -hmm. Um, because we see it with social issues on in the real world. And we're going to talk about politics. It's not what we do. I have a feeling like if this were a, a mega corporation or some kind of media empire in the real world, that there wouldn't be somebody knocking at this door and us as humans. And yes, you can blame us for being the real villains, but who started this whole thing whose idea was it to to take a child now Mm -hmm. the other side of that to taking one child is that it's it's only one person's life and you're not really taking anything you're just depriving him of about 30 years of his life Mm -hmm. right um so yes morally yeah just just just, yeah (laughs) it's morally bankrupt for sure (laughs) there's no doubt about it um whereas green goblin damn you're you know what he just straight up evaporated some guys on a balcony in mm-hmm. times square <laughs> i can't condone <laughs> yeah, yeah. that <laughs> nice shot there too. Um, and neither
2: can spider-man <laughs> well,
0: you're not wrong yeah. I, i'm curious dan where where does your vote lay
1: god i'm i'm honestly kind of torn um i felt like going in it was a pretty clear shot to christoph um just because like we were saying um it's so it's so messed up. He's he's taken this person's entire existence up to this point, and and made it a lie. Made it something completely different than than what he thought his life was. Um, Green Goblin, like I said a minute ago, it's pretty straightforward. He's he's out to just get anybody who stands in his way. Um, he is uh, obviously very driven and and will do anything that it takes to remove that threat from his path. But I don't know. I think I'm convincing myself and, and I just have to stay with Kristoff. I think it is Kristoff. I think that given those circumstances, I would rather have somebody who just wants me out of the way than somebody who's plotting um, this whole, fake scenario for my entire life i don't like that that makes me really uncomfortable it's very villainous
0: yes and, and there's like some kind of villainy to it like i know he's doing this in the truman show but what's he doing outside of this <laughs> yeah exactly is he <laughs> experimenting with people in labs is he growing <laughs> kind <of> humans <laughs> yeah he's,
1: he's
2: readying a sequel
1: how many other kids did he pick up from the, what was it like unwed mothers or, or something? Is that what yeah, they, were? they were like
2: orphans or something? But
1: yeah, he's yeah, got like a whole basement of them and he's just plotting out like the next season. Yeah. That's scary. That's horrifying,
0: man. It's tough. I don't know. I don't know how to break the tie here. Yeah. It's,
1: it's hard. I honestly didn't want to settle there, but I, I don't know. It's, it's scary to me. I had to. Yeah.
0: I I love The Truman Show as a movie, and Kristoff's a big part of that movie, but he doesn't really have a lot of screen time, not a big presence in this movie. He is Mm -hmm. near the end where it matters, Mm -hmm. Uh, but when I think of watching villains on screen, from this first superhero movie I ever watched in theaters was was Spider-Man from 2002. Mm -hmm. And Green Goblin, I didn't really care about, but it made an impression on me. And now I'm trying to think if Willem Dafoe and Ed Harris switch spots in these movies... Does that change anything?
2: <laughs> yeah, I would love to see Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah, off in the Truman Show. That'd be right, terrific. he would
0: tear that off. <laughs> wow. So, I, I that's like a, a fantasy land. <laughs> I I think, I think Christoph is is really not a good person morally. Whereas Green Goblin, you can attribute it to maybe that the bad choice with the the serum, mm-hmm. and that kind of cost him his reputation. Um, uh, my vote is for Christoph. Wow, so Christoph, Christoph mo- moving on forward. to the next round, and he's moving on. Next, uh, <laughs> next one's kind of wow. Talk about contrasting ones. Uh, why, don't, why don't we have yeah. Matt kick this one? Off.
2: <laughs> it's uh I think it's pretty similar to the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. First, we have Terry Benedict from Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Now we're spe- we're specific to that movie, specific right? Specific to yes. Okay. And then uh, he will be taking on Whiplash from uh, Iron, Man Iron Man Two, two uh, better known as what was his? I'm oh, blanking. I'm not on gonna lie. Whiplash's when I when I was name,
0: I was rereading these these uh, contestants. Yeah, Ivan Vanko. Ivan Vanko.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There you go. I was rereading them, and I, I got to Whiplash. I thought I had to stop for a second. And think who the, Who the hell's Whiplash? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> The
1: uh I don't know what race that is, but that race scene is just completely burnt in my mind. So anytime I hear whiplash, even when people were talking about like the movie uh with the with the drummer and stuff, that the only thing I can think of is whiplash. Oh, that's that a real shame.
0: Two, so Yeah, I know. <laughs> we made a good point in the Ocean's Eleven episode, and this has stuck with me every time I rewatch Ocean's Eleven, is that maybe Terry Benedict's not the bad guy here.
2: I was going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about it. <laughs> He's just trying to, you know, run his casino mm-hmm. and his one mistake I'm saying with air quotes was picking up George Clooney's ex-wife. You think that was his downfall? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, Brad pick gets into a uh, Clooney's face about, please tell me this is not about screwing the man who's screwing your wife. And uh, Danny Ocean assures him. It's not when I think it's clearly his biggest motivator to, uh, to uh, expose terry benedict for what he is which i guess is money hungry and showing that off to uh to tess and uh, and at the same time stealing millions tens of millions hundreds of millions of terry benedict's money
0: the the only time i thought maybe terry benedict was a bad guy obviously is when um you know she she kind of catches him on the the security camera You're really Showing his true colors and how he feels about Tess. I mm-hmm. thought that's 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 the shittiness of Terry Benedict. Right, and, and she yes, wouldn't he's... have
2: seen that unless Danny Ocean had like uh, pumped that to her hotel room or whatever and showed it to her. Danny Ocean breaks up their relationship and steals Terry's money. Hard to find Terry Benedict <laughs> being the bad guy. He's clearly the <laughs> victim. So are we all in favor of actually making... Danny
0: Ocean, the victim of ocean or the, the bad guy, the villain of, of oceans 11. I think that you would have to, I,
2: I the I don't movie think opens with case. him in jail. Exactly. He's, <laughs> he's a thief, a professional thief. He's a convicted felon. And I the mean, first he, thing you... he does is, uh, leaves the state, which is what you're not supposed to do when you're on parole. Sure. <laughs> and he, he, uh, he, he, uh, recruits his gang, of mm-hmm. other criminals, yeah, to uh, single true. out uh, a couple of casinos and steal hundreds of millions of dollars. And this is clearly
1: one of those classic examples of pitting a a bad guy against a bad guy. Look, yeah. not that Terry Benedict is a great guy by any means, but but come on, um, both of these guys are criminals uh, in in one way or another. So.
2: It's never stated that Terry Benedict made his fortune by selling arms Mm -hmm. or trafficking people or anything like that. He's actually a a guy who's kind of trying to better himself more and more. One of the lines is he speaks like five languages. He's trying to uh, he's uh, in order to uh, create relations with different countries. He wants to open casinos around the world. He's a capitalist. <laughs> so, but not a villain. Look now. Don't get it wrong, because whenever I.
1: I just wanted to like have a little fun and look up like some like side notes on, on some of these characters. So I huh. went to this villains wiki and oh, it's sweet. really fun. And it's got Terry Benedict on there and it's got, um, yeah, his goals are to run successful casinos, but his other goal is to get revenge on oceans 11. Um, his That's crimes in are the next movie. Uh, sure. 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 <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, his crimes are murder, torture, and financial sabotage. He doesn't sound like a great guy either. Um,
0: yeah, that's the kind of behind the scenes stuff from Terry sure. Benedict. So, I think what this convinced me is that if anybody gets a spin off from Ocean's Eleven, it should be Terry Benedict's Oh, you know, yeah. Prequel oh, movie.
2: I would love to see The Rise of Terry Benedict. Sure. A 10 part uh, series for sure.
0: Okay, there we go. Hollywood, get at us. So, if mm. we look at the other, we spend a lot of time talking about Terry Benedict. So, <laughs> if we look at the other it side of the bracket, <laughs> Whiplash shows up in an early Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. easy to forget because Mm -hmm. it was over 10 years ago um it's easy to forget unlike some marvel villains because it was so played wrong it was Mm -hmm. just done wrong with me and you dan we talked about how maybe they 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 messed up the chance to make whiplash with mickey rourke a really good character and so he pays for that i'm gonna put my (laughs) my vote in i gotta vote for terry benedict He's not even a bad guy, but he just gets the short <laughs> end of the stick in this.
2: I so. am going with Whiplash because I, I mean, I've convinced myself that Terry Benedict is the victim in Ocean's Eleven and Whiplash uh, and Ivan Vanko, uh, motivi- motivated by hate towards the Stark family, uh copies uh, an arc reactor and uh, mm-hmm. uses it to ascent to, murder his plan is to murder or kill Tony Stark. He goes mm-hmm. to jail, I guess for attempted murder. And I don't know how many of the of the other race car drivers he ended up dead or me <laughs> yeah. or whatever. It seems like at least some, right? <laughs> yeah, at least one other. Um he escapes prison and continues his plan to create the downfall of the Stark family name and business and would eventually like to murder Tony Stark. I think those pieces of motivation make it clear that he's he is the villain of that movie. Mm-hmm. And the yes. better villain in as far as uh comparing him to Tony Bet to Tony Benedict, who I have, yes, convinced myself again <laughs> he's the victim. Right. The yeah. Terry Bennett. Yeah, you did Tony's <laughs> on the mind. Terry Bennett.
0: I thought you were gonna say Tony Bennett for a second.
1: <laughs> I almost That's did. A- if, if there's any villain in any of this, Tony Bennett is definitely uh, the the villain out of all three of those. I, I can absolutely agree with that, Matt. So I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, look, to <laughs> it, it's so hard to break this tie. I don't want to do it. Um, this one, this one's hard. Uh, but I think back to what I look for in a villain. I got my comic book and sci fi background and all of that. Um, not to say that that just because somebody doesn't have like a uh, fantastical uh, origins or powers or anything like that, or, or like some cool suit that they copied from, from somebody else or, or whatever, um, shouldn't make them a villain. But I think back to like that X-Files to, to that old, like uh sixties and seventies Marvel stuff where you got the monster of the week, the villain of the week type of thing. And whiplash just fits that mold. He's not this huge mastermind or anything like that. That's going to, take over the world or anything, but he is a good villain for Tony Stark. Um, he's a good Iron Man villain. He's a good one shot one and done or, or come back every couple of years or whatever. I have to go with whiplash. I'm still not hundred percent convinced that Terry
0: Benedict is the villain of of that movie. So <laughs> I'm going with whiplash. Good try. So by about a two to one whiplash, moving on to the second round. Uh, Dan, you want to want to take the next uh, next bracket up? Wow. Um,
1: yeah, I, I would love to. So, <laughs> so we have the caller and the, the caller I'm assuming is from, uh, phone booth. Yeah. And I, I checked,
0: <laughs> I checked DimeDB to see what he was credited as and it is yes. strictly the caller.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we have, uh, Obadiah Stain. So from, sorry, from Iron Man, oh. uh, one, <laughs> Part one. So we've got the caller. The caller is look. Go back and listen to the phone booth episode. The caller is <laughs> is something. Um, <laughs> me me and Jared talked a lot about the caller in in that episode. Uh, there was a lot there to say about the caller. There's a lot. Um, man, that caller that caller makes me uncomfortable. That caller is scary. If I was on the other end of that call. I would be shitting my pants. I would I would be like, you know what, just go ahead and take your shot, dude. I'm done. <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. want anything to do with this. Obadiah Stane, uh sorry, sorry, no, go it's ahead. It's it. Yeah. Um Ob- Obadiah Stane, he's almost so charming that I don't want to call him a villain. He he's got that other side to him. Um yes, he is is a villain to Tony Stark. He he's a villain to Iron Man. He is uh, a, the bad guy in that movie or, or at least one of the bad guys there. Um, I don't know. This one feels pretty weighted to me. I, I honestly, I, I don't know if we're looking for my opinion yet or, or just me to, to announce. <laughs> no, them just, we're just trying to but, break it
0: down, trying to, trying to make an yeah. argument for Either. And when you talked about the color and how mm-hmm. we, we talked about the color on that episode, is that there's something about the mystery behind the collar uh-huh. and how it's not as explained, just kind of something like a Michael Myers vibe. almost. Yeah, exactly. Who yeah. you'll notice is missing from this because he, he would just win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was on the original list. So. <laughs> he was. Yeah. I, I uh, changed it up a little bit. I'm, I'm glad you did. <laughs> so the, the collar is, is definitely creepy. Definitely. Definitely eerie. And I, I could listen to Kiefer Sutherland's voice for quite a while,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: but Obataya stain, when I watch that, and I think to to act as a father figure to anybody and to gain someone's trust just to try to screw them over, sure is that's shitty. Like that's mm-hmm. really scummy. Um, and Whereas if you just play mind games in the middle of New York, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's Who a psychotic. Isn't thing to playing do. mind
2: games in the middle of New York <laughs> sounds like a regular day game. in New York City? <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys remind me what is the body count for each of them? I remember I saw foam booth maybe twice, but he kills somebody in the middle of the street, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. That is correct. And then he's and a robot, trying, a toy robot. He shoots a toy robot. Yep. Is that all? <laughs> he doesn't kill any. No, he kills. Person?
0: He kills the guy. The guy with yeah, the uh, so, the women. So yeah. so
1: the body count is two, but one is a plastic
2: toy. So one well, no, no, no. <laughs> but as far as people are concerned, he shoots yeah. one, and Look, then the robot uh, has a soul. So. Just <Robot>. Um, and Obadiah Stane, he his plan at the beginning of the movie is to he hires a terrorist group to mm-hmm. kill Tony Stark. When that doesn't happen, uh, he uh, they they hold him for ransom,
1: mm-hmm. and there,
2: he says our price has just gone up. Uh, Tony escapes, and after that point, he wants to uh, change the direction of Stark uh, Industries, which mm-hmm. is uh, much bigger, which is increases Obadiah Stane's motivation to oust him or kill him or do whatever he can to gain control of the company so he wants to kill tony even before uh tony changes the direction of the company and then at a certain point he goes to the uh, middle east and finds the leader th- of that cell of the 10 rings and kills him and orders the execution of his of his camp doing something that i think gets him even more heat when one villain kills another villain that first one uh increases as far as you know villainy is concerned that's a pretty or, badass move to yeah, yeah. you level up yeah i, I, I can agree with that <laughs> so having said that my vote will go to obadiah stain
1: hmm, i like okay. your
2: perspective there yeah <laughs> you see it in uh professional wrestling all the time when you have a <laughs> sure. team when you have a team of a tag team of heels and, uh, when they try to break them up, one has to turn on the other, you know, cementing them as the bad guy.
0: Can I just totally nerd out on wrestling? Do you remember evolution <laughs> with Randy Orton and Batista, yeah.
2: Ric yeah. Flair and triple H? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that a is heel what heel stable. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was a heel stable. And then when Randy Orton won the world title, the rest of evolution turned on him. Yes. Making them yes. even, you know, badder guys. And they did it okay. again with Batista. That's true, but how, how do you, how, how evil is
0: it just to pick people who you think aren't worthy of life, trap them in a phone booth and play mental warfare with them? I, I think there's something really dark. I, I can't undermine the fact that Obadiah Stane went to a terrorist organization called the 10 rings mm-hmm. and was like, yo, kidnap this guy. Who's basically my son. Like, well, that it, that it, means you voice- he didn't
2: say you'll kidnap him. He's, he said, uh, a convoy is on their way. Execute everybody inside, Mm -hmm. and Tony Stark just happened to survive.
0: I really want to vote for the caller because I've always had a like a crush on Kiefer Sutherland's voice, (laughs) (laughs) and you just want him to. (laughs) you just want to talk about Kiefer (laughs) later on in the in
2: the bracket. (laughs)
0: Um, but I don't, I don't think what the caller does is as evil as Obadiah. Dan, where do you stand on, on this one? Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm on the opposition of of both of you. So that's. I don't know why Um, something about knowing somebody, not knowing somebody setting up this, this weird thing. Like it, it just freaks me out. Like, I guess I could get, Somebody being like, "Listen, I've known you your whole life, Dan. You suck. Um, you pissed <laughs> me off a lot, and I want to kill you." Okay, fine. But just some random dude that doesn't know me that's like, "I'm gonna make this uh, portion of your life absolute hell and hope you die for no apparent reason yeah. other than you know the the small amount of reason that he gives." Uh, yeah, that just freaks me out, man. That's just so yeah, uh, the psychotic insane. of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so villainous. So, so is it safe to say you're voting for yeah I'm, I'm going with the caller he's going we got to vote for the caller <laughs> we got one in one i'd love michael myers because of the simplicity the creepiness of the unknown it's mm-hmm. it's a big thing and now obadiah Stane. i'm not excusing what he did but tony stark in real life is probably a giant asshole well exactly probably <laughs> he's definitely a giant asshole
2: it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't warrant going matt what were you gonna say No, no, no. I was. I think I was about to say what you're going to say, and that that the uh, the attempted murder and uh, trapping (laughs) and escape changed what Tony Stark was. He went from being an asshole to becoming more of a peacemaker. So did Obadiah Stane help Tony?
0: Ah, is Obadiah Obadiah Benedict? I think we have here. Is he a good guy? <laughs> I think deep down I know I was always going to vote for The Caller because Obadiah Stane is like, it's early Marvel. It's not, it wasn't as interesting to me. I was watching that movie more for Iron Man than I ever would for Obadiah Stane. Whereas if I watch Phone Booth, I'm watching it just to to, to hear the intensity and in Kiefer Sutherland's voice, um, regardless of if I know who the character is or not. So I'm going to vote for The Caller and a vote of two to one for The Caller brings him into the next round. Good points. I think... Now that that makes me and Dan look like really like if you know (laughs) us, we're not going to hire organizations to kidnap you. Don't worry. Yeah, probably promise. I I think you're safe. (laughs) All right. Next bracket we have from twilight Laurent, who is one of the vampires. Again, I'm not fluent in twilight. So (laughs) and with the fourth random seed is Francis Hummel who is played by ed harris this is the second ed harris character in uh-huh. this in this bracket uh, obviously the general from the rock famous michael bay film with our boy nicholas cage <laughs> <sighs> i think this one's pretty clear cut i don't know about you guys oh i don't know is it this is clear cut I mean, for you this is the hardest one i see on this list to tell you the I don't,
2: truth. really? I, well, well not I, the hardest but i think it's clear cut but maybe for a different reason or direction okay, I, uh, I'm it's okay. i I mean, I saw the Twilight movies once, and I don't even think I've seen all of them. But this character, Laurent, is in the first one. Mm-hmm. And if I'm correct, meets his demise by being de- decapitated and thrown into a fireplace. Is that what happens? Don't uh, is that does, doesn't the Cullen family practically eat him alive or whatever? Am I remembering that incorrectly? No, I'm talking
0: about Laurent was like the main one where they where they go for that baseball game and then the three vampires show up.
2: Yeah. How does that movie
0: end? That, oh God. I with the <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Twilight. Can you tell? <laughs>
2: <We're>, <laughs> well, we're know, you guys watched it much more uh recently than I did for sure. Yeah.
0: Uh th- it ends in the ballet studio. Okay. And I think that's the the, the vampire I almost called them a mummy and a zombie, but that's where <laughs> the vampire is is ripped apart and and kind of yes. left for dead. I don't think that's Laurent. Laurent is the the um,
2: the African American one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know what he. I, right. Yeah, I remember what he looked like. I looked it up, but I I don't remember how he meets his end or if he does. Does he move on to the next movie? Okay, now th- this is the no, interesting. No, I'm part pretty now. sure he dies in that one. Clearly, he's um, not memorable for me. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think Francis Hummel is a villain. I mean yes he oh, he, kidnaps, he kidnaps a bunch of people and he threatens the uh the uh, San Francisco area with a bunch of poisonous rockets but at the end of the movie he's bluffing the whole time he was never going to murder millions of people just for money uh the villains again later on are the certain mercenaries that uh who who you know left their careers and families behind uh, and said we want our money, and right. uh, he tells them we we bluffed, we bluffed. They called it the operations aborted, and they turn on him. And so it's hard. This one is hard, but when I said it was a clear uh, a clear call, I meant that I think Laurent is a villain, and Francis mm. Hummel, you know, isn't in my mind. He's the protagonist of the movie. Yes, he ha- oh, and wow. he's motivated by. By uh, money and the uh, well-being of of the soldiers he lost under his command, he wants to take that money and give it to the families of the lost soldiers. Um, So does that fall? Does that fall into like a simple
0: revenge plot against the government? In a way, it does.
2: Yes, but at the same time, he threat. Like I just said, he threatens the well-being of the San Francisco area with poisonous rockets that he never intends to launch. He was never and I'm repeating myself again, he was never yeah. going to kill millions of people. So, side note here, Jerry, we both just watched
1: New Moon. Laurent was in New Moon. He he didn't die at the end of, uh, of Twilight. He was like the scout that came out for uh, Victoria.
0: Yes, yes, that is correct. Yes, he so was he's still in alive scene. in New Moon.
1: Yeah, yeah. See, I'm having trouble because I think... Well, anyways, that's a spoiler alert for later for all of you Twilight fans. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, Laurent makes it through. He's just one of the members of like James's
0: coven or something. Okay. So he, he survives. Francis Hummel does not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't. I mean, most villains die. But it, this is like the same kind of thing where we had with Kristoff, where it's like rallying the troops behind you for a bad cause.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: If if he was bluffing the whole time, why have that, those missiles, that poison at Alcatraz? Why not bluff and, and have them off the island regardless? Like, no one's going to really know. Um, so I think... The fact that he actually had them there, regardless of if he says he's bluffing, a lot of soldiers die at his command. He tries to kill Sean Connery, aka James Bond in the Rock.
2: <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah, you know what? Never has there been more cause for calling someone a villain than he tried to kill Sean Connery. <laughs> there you go. You're never wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, for me, like we talked about right off the bat, Laurent isn't isn't memorable to me. Um, yeah, does he want to kill Bella? that's fine but there's certain points in the movie twilight where i also was on laurent's team and i was like okay just do it now please you want to kill bella so, so
2: <laughs> i can understand your frustration there. Yeah, that so, and i'm, yeah, I'm so i they're am not a villain if you agree with their policies of- you're
0: only a villain <laughs> if you're team jacob well and i am so Uh, so (laughs) i'm gonna vote for francis hummel because why do you have poison and alcatraz unless you're gonna use it you're a psychopath for making people kill each other i can't get behind that it's not cool man (laughs) (laughs) not cool uh this
1: god i almost feel like we're just gonna i'm gonna say this every single bracket this is this is really hard uh hummel is a high-ranking military what I don't know what you call that officer. General. Sure, general officer, whatever they all mean the same thing to me. But yeah, sure. um, <laughs> I, I truly feel. Look, all, all politics aside, I know, I know. As you said, we don't talk politics here. Not trying to, but um, I, I feel like once you're a high-ranking general or officer or whatever in the military for for that amount of time, there's a certain level of of some kind of brainwashed that you are, um, and you're desensitized to killing for whatever reason that you have to kill for or whatever. Um, I'm just not sure how much of this is his fault. (laughs) That's, that's my only, my only thing here. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it a horrible plan to kill a bunch of innocent people for, for his personal gain, but also the gain of, of others who are wronged. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know. I see a silver lining in what he's doing. I I don't agree with it. Let's not kill innocent people. Absolutely. Um, but but I don't see him as a villain. I see him as a troubled person in a bad circumstance that yes he created, but still he's in a shitty circumstance um, and he's he's doing whatever he thinks is right to to get out of that.
0: So you think L- it's it's a little bit of a back up against the wall kind of thing.
1: Yes. Um, now I'm not saying that he's justified. I understand that his brain is probably damaged to a certain extent and that's why he feels like this is what he needs to do. But I don't feel like it's that maniacal, like insane, uh, urge to kill or harm others that, uh, a true villain displays. Um, okay. Uh Lorent, i don't have much of a case for him either though to tell you the truth um he doesn't seem like the big bad here he doesn't seem like the huge villain kind of everyone in twilight other than bella jacob and edward just seem like little chess pieces whatever they they don't seem that important um it doesn't nothing seems like that big of a threat ever so so i don't know this one's really hard uh <laughs> well while, while i will say that laurent um isn't much of a villain i don't feel like hummel is a villain really at
0: all so i have to go with Laurent because of that okay so we got a vote for laurent and <laughs> yeah. then a vote for francis hummel matt you are the tiebreaker uh, and come on matt. <laughs> i
2: love francis hummel as a character but like i said he uh he never intended to kill millions of people. He's uh once his plan is fan- found out he's shot by his own people and uh is instantly remorseful. In fact, becomes a very, you know, two second ally to Nick Cage and Sean Connery. He-, he lets them know the location of the final two missiles that they have to disarm. So my vote's gonna be for Laurent, and uh I'm certain he's not gonna get much. Farther in this bracket, but it's really because uh, as far as villains are concerned, Francis Hummel is not, you know, a psychopath. He's far more. I mean, he's far more calculating. And he uh, it was a it was a it was a bluff the whole time. Uh, yeah, he okay. if he he had no intention of making true to his promise. And, you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't see villain when I when it comes to Francis Hummel yeah villains have think, little to no I'd moral see a terrific fighter. character but uh, <laughs> but not quite a villain not no as far as all right my definition for villain and as as we move along this brack as the, this tournament continues we'll probably come across more characters like this um but mm-hmm. yeah not villain it, it would be really interesting i think it's just like a bad
0: first first round bracket because Hummel versus Kristoff would have been a really good debate. That was, that was been a oh, no, yeah, Really that, that would be for it. That. Ed Harris versus Ed Harris in
2: yeah, and that's Sorry. The other thing. Ed Harris has already moved along in this uh, in uh, in this tournament. Mm-hmm. We don't need to <laughs> okay.
0: Ed so There you go, Ed. You're still in this. Um, yeah, he's still in this. Ne- next bracket, Matt. What do we got?
2: Mm-hmm. We have the Thromby family from Knives Out, which I recently rewatched in preparation for Glass Onion. Both movies are terrific. <laughs> and Ghostface from Scream. Now this is the first Scream.
0: This is the very first Scream. Yeah. scream. So, yeah.
2: are we calling Ghostface the villain or are we calling Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich the villain?
0: That's a tough one. <laughs> I want to say Ghostface because that's what the most of the movie is. We know as audience uh, the audiences, we know that it's Matthew Lillard. But I think the creating the 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 image that is Ghostface was really crucial and based on the success of the first Scream movie. The Scream yeah. was huge. We talked about it. It was huge. It was mocked in Scary Movie. The mask is still, it's probably still the number one sold mask in the world. I, I would like to find
2: statistics for that. Gotta <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. um yeah. Depending. <laughs> like a Jason Hockey mask, you could find a Dollarama. So, it, it's tough. I'm going to find the.
0: I'm going to look that up. It's so niche. That it would be an interesting things, fact. <laughs>
2: Highest so, selling horror villain mask.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can, uh, well, you guys make your points. I'll, I'll see what I can find, but the thrombie family um, knives Out's great. Knives out is amazing because of the characters in this movie, in that movie. So every member of the thrombi family is shitty for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Everybody has different motives. So it's a really, when you put them all together and you call them the thrombi family, it's really something that is twisted and, and selfish and self-absorbed. And spoiled and privileged and all of those adjectives put into one.
2: Now, the actual villain of the Thromby family would have been <laughs> Chris Evans and his character, of course, Ransom Thromby, mm-hmm. Hugh Hugh Ransom Thromby. Um. Now, if you had just had him, now he still probably wouldn't be uh, neck to neck and neck with Ghostface, but uh, no. but he was. Oh, and he and he his plan came together quickly. And he had to uh call a couple of audibles while uh the case was unfolding. His plan right. was to uh switch the medications and uh, uh kill his uh grandfather and blame it on his nurse.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um uh the next morning it's revealed that uh uh what it that uh what was Chris Plummer's name? The you know oh, Grandpa Thromby. Uh... Just we'll just
0: call him Street grandpa thom
2: harlan thromby <laughs> uh, uh um committed <laughs> an him. apparent yeah, suicide right. <laughs> so his plan is foiled and uh i think his plan was just to kill his grandfather uh because he knew that uh that uh this is going to be the worst episode ever if i can't remember characters names that Anna <laughs> de armis was going to get all the money
0: mm-hmm. right Oh, God, I can't remember her name either, so sorry. Right. Mar- Martha.
1: Martha. Yes. Martha? Uh, Martha? <laughs> I have a huge crush on her, by the Wikipedia way. That's How could you not? Just don't watch Blonde. Sorry. Anyway, so oh, I, I to watch Blonde No, please don't.
2: No. <laughs> um, Ghostface, as it concerns, uh, like, I'm going deeper into it's Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich, and sure. their motivation was what exactly? Dan, I, you. I mean it, it it's what i mean
1: they don't have much motivation it's it's fun they just want to copycat uh, serial yes. killers from the from movies
0: <laughs> it's right and they, they do make a point of that in, in mm-hmm. the end of the movie screen that yes. it's
2: sometimes it's it's scarier without motivation
1: yep mm-hmm.
2: and it's i mean the big reveal that it's them is terrific yeah. and, and yeah. later i think in that same scene it's revealed that they also killed sydney's mother so their body count is much higher than <laughs> Ransom Thromby. Uh, and <laughs> as far as that's concerned, and the iconic you know, mask of Ghostface, I think clearly moves that character mm-hmm. or characters further into this tournament, for sure.
0: So your, votes, your vote, is for... vote is for... My vote is going
2: to be for Ghostface. All right, Ghostface.
0: Dan, where do you... You know what? I keep putting the, the heat on you. I'm just going to go real don't. quick. The Thrabi family is is diabolical, it's manipulative, and yes, it is Chris Evans' plan all along. Mm-hmm. But I think that each one of them played a role in trying to get the money from harlan and and obviously, money's the root of all evil. You learn that since you're a little kid, but this family doesn't give a shit because this family has no moral fiber like it's mm-hmm. it's all about them, them them. <laughs> But if you look at Ghostface and what the legacy of Ghostface and the impact in horror villains, because slasher is a big genre for especially in horror. It's it's like what a lot of people love to watch. And Ghostface with Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and freddy Krueger, he's number four. That's the big four. And it's hard to look past that when you're voting for such a, an iconic villain. I just don't think the thrombie family has the body count, the kill count, um, to beat out Ghostface in this race. So I will. I will place my vote for Ghostface uh, for that reason.
1: I'm voting for Ghostface too. So you can just go ahead and put a three down there. But I, I will. <laughs> yeah, no anticipation. Let's just let's just get that out of the way <laughs> right away. I think that that was a given. But let's not downplay the fact that you're talking about body count um, with the with the Thrombi family there. Uh, Let's talk about Jacob Thromby for a second and and his bullshit. There's no way that that dude hasn't killed like 400 people accidentally (laughs) on the internet somehow. Um, uh, He's a piece of shit. He is the villain of that entire movie and probably franchise moving forward. Whatever. Jacob Thromby is an absolute piece of shit and I hate him. But hes I I can't even raise him up to that level of Ghostface because he's just not iconic enough. And he is hopefully just a throwaway trash character that i never have to hear about again um so i just had to throw that manifesto out there
2: but. yes and i you're correct as far as the series continues the only character moving forward is benoit blanc and well, he, has a whole new mystery. <laughs> he has a whole new mystery to solve in glass onion which i mm-hmm. saw and is really good
0: maybe we when that comes out on netflix we can uh, we can have you back for an episode oh i'd be down for that yeah absolutely I... Cool. Our next bracket, Dan.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, here we go. I,
1: I hate you for this one. All right, we we have everyone's favorite <laughs> movie villain of all time, uh, the Goblin King, played by uh, some asshole from the Beatles or something. And uh, we <laughs> have him up against Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger, Terminator <laughs> himself. Um, this is a David versus
0: Goliath. <laughs> would you say? that's an understatement i I think because we everyone listening to this hopefully knows how we feel about labyrinth matt wasn't on that you guys feel about right big disclaimer here matt does not share these
1: opinions matt is about to interject and start singing dance baby magic or whatever the fuck that song i
2: love that song (laughs) don't even i love there is not enough space in your comment section to talk about my love for that movie (laughs) that soundtrack, and even this character. Uh, but no. what Jarrett the Goblin King is not is a robot that will not <laughs> stop until you are dead. <laughs> he kidnaps uh, a Sarah's baby brother because she asked him to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole movie, by the end of the movie, you think maybe it's uh, some sort of test. It's clearly a mm-hmm. test. She has to go through the labyrinth and save her baby brother. Uh, she does so, and you know, it's a very happy ending. Terminator does not have a happy ending. Even after they just, even after they destroy the robot, there is still, you know, that looming presence of the future, and that Skynet will certainly move forward, and we have to be ready for the future and a bunch of Terminators to come. Right. I mean, I was saying that these characters, this is clearly uh, the T eight hundred, the Arnold T eight hundred model one hundred one, or whatever you want to talk, call it, from the first Terminator. Mm-hmm. But the fate of the future still is part of that uh, part of uh, the overall, what maybe is also Skynet being the villain. Uh, you know, we, as when this movie ends, there's still much more story to tell my votes. I mean, I, I don't, maybe if you guys want to break down sure. what you're thinking before we do the votes, on.
0: it's a lot to do with what you said. I, I just think the presence of a villain in a movie has to be pretty good. It has to be up there. Goblin King kind of takes uh the backseat. He's he's just David Bowie, kind of he's there for the big name in the movie. Um, regardless of how we feel about this movie. Um, <laughs> there's just no at the end of it, there's no final battle. There's no a big battle of
2: wits and songs.
0: Sure, they,
1: they have like a dance-off or something right i mean that counts for something in that yeah
0: with the staircases
2: <laughs> upside down or some shit no. yeah so Don't it's not my a dance-off jerry's favorite movie has a dance-off in it I think. oh well, yeah well, right. my wife's
0: jerry's. yeah my producer's favorite movie <laughs> missouri missouri I can't vote for the Goblin King because it was I was a little underwhelmed by by that and watching it later in my life yada yada. Listen to the episode to see how we really feel. <laughs> I, I have to say the Terminator being this force of just sheer terror and intimidation uh, is unlike anything I've seen in villainry in movies. Um, so I, I will I will vote for the Terminator.
1: The Terminator. You guys already already know where this lands um Mm -hmm. the the terminator what can we even say more about the terminator that that you guys haven't said the terminator is an unstoppable machine (laughs) like you you can the terminator will not stop what does the goblin king have up against that what what are we weighing here what is jareth or whatever the goblin king's name is um i'm really do that's that's villainous in this he's like a uh a villain that you would see like in the Muppet Babies or something like he there's not any stakes there like yeah he kidnaps a baby but like I don't know he's changing the baby's diaper and feeding it and singing to it and stuff everything's <laughs> fine like the baby's probably better off with him than with the parents or the <laughs> sister so I don't really see much flaw there uh, I I see him as as more of a caretaker and then on top of that. I don't know about you guys, and especially you, Matt. You may have a completely different perspective here. You actually enjoy this movie somehow. So I tend to think after I watch Labyrinth, it's still left open to interpretation enough. Maybe this was all just a dream, like a little mm-hmm. daydream type of thing. So maybe none of this even happened. So maybe there is no Goblin King. So maybe the uh, Eighth Beetle or whatever the hell his name is doesn't even exist. So it doesn't matter that much. But like. Terminator, the stakes are just so high and it just doesn't end. And it's so villainous. Um, I, yeah, it, it's it's very clear cut for me too. It has to be Terminator. And you know I Terminator. will
2: agree. I will agree <laughs> with uh, a lot of what you said um, in terms of uh, Jarrett the Goblin King not being scary enough to be a villain. In mm-hmm. fact, the people who do like this movie, including myself, find him to be a beloved character. And I don't know if a beloved character can be the villain i mean there are certain cases like with like the joker that people love that character and the people who love the joker and find him you know to be somewhat of like good i, I don't mean good character because he is a terrific <laughs> right character but uh, people who like the Joker may need to see a doctor. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> people who agree with his motivations. Exa- yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, stuff I, like I, that. Yes. I, I um, agree with the, yeah.
2: Jared, <laughs> the Goblin King is very much a beloved character for people who love that movie. And I'm, exclu- I'm excluding you two, but I do <laughs> like that movie and I love that character, but sure. he's not scary. He's not a villain or he, he's a villain in the movie. He's the protagonist, he's kidnapping babies. Now, there are several other villains in movie history who have kidnapped babies and mm-hmm. would move further down the line. But sure. The Terminator <laughs> can't be reasoned with. And What about Christoph?
0: And... Christoph takes babies. He did. Kidnap a baby. He, well, exactly. <laughs> that's
2: exactly, exactly my point. He kidnapped a baby, and he's moving further than the Goblin King will in this tournament. <laughs> I am voting for the Terminator as well.
0: All right. Three votes for our boy Arnold, and he is a pioneer in fashion as well, so that's another point for the Terminator there. <laughs> Agree. Leather <laughs> jackets and really cool sunglasses <sighs> wow uh who
2: wants to do this one
0: <laughs>
1: no
2: it's okay. I'm, I'm you got to do this one <laughs> you want me to take it matt <laughs> yes please know. well i do <laughs> have right. a question i was uh, you sent me uh some of these characters and i'm trying to remember which character death which movie he is in
1: that would be from final destination oh that's no, not, not death from like bill and ted or anything you're talking of course not no. the entity of death
0: itself <laughs> oh, I see. Man, that's yeah. tough. that might be a little bit too powerful <laughs> for this bracket sure. but I, I was i was going to put either him or tony todd um i'm, I'm really <laughs> not sure i just went through our episodes and thought who was the bad guy at the end of all this mm-hmm. uh, and i came up with death because i mean it, but when you you're, watch you're right movie, it, it's not tony todd it's death here yeah tony todd is just like a, a vehicle maybe for death to, to say a couple uh, words mm-hmm. to our main characters so
2: uh i guess they're synonymous with each other i'm gonna have to re-watch final destination again because, yeah you oh. don't remember uh tony <laughs> todd even being in the movie oh, oh i'm no, gonna no. have to re- i'll re-watch it But let's go let's, re-watch
1: final <laughs> <Destination>. <laughs> let's
0: let's pause this episode and just share the screen we'll all watch fine
1: we'll watch the whole franchise together right now i'm down
2: now yeah <laughs> just to quickly remind me that uh the students are trying to board a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh was it Devin Sawa sees their fate yep. and mm-hmm. gets them all off. The plane blows up. He gets them later. Off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he gets them off and uh the plane blows up, but death always finds a way to find their to find its victims. Sure. And solely picks them off by you know magic, some in right. uh, many cases. Well, death uh, has a design,
1: so this right. this design is that uh Everyone will die in the order
2: that they were supposed to have died in on the plane and, and, and all right. of that. Yes. Uh, so that was a big part of it. Now, in the end, I'm I think Allie Larder is the only one who gets away because she shows up in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't re- Where where is Tony Todd
1: in that? So Tony Todd is a uh
0: what what was it's his character? I, I remember
1: his dialogue. Yeah, Mortician. Okay, okay, there we go. Oh,
0: yeah, I, he, I, he plays I, the mortician I, 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 and he gives like this really weird uh, monologue about mm-hmm. death, and it's it's really really one of my favorite parts of the movie. I think we talked oh, yeah. about it as best <laughs> scene, um, and it kind of we talked about how it may be like death may be the embodiment of Tony Todd or vice versa, mm-hmm. and I think that was really interesting. The choice they made such a small part for him, but death as a villain. If you can run and hide from it and somehow survive as long as Ali Larder did. I don't know if that's that scary. I mean, of course, now that, that sound makes me sound like I'm I'm not afraid, like death <laughs> is horrifying, obviously. Uh, but it's up against RJ Fletcher from UHF, right. which is I mean, arguably
2: the scariest man of all time. I love UHF, I love that movie so much. <laughs> um, and as a villain, he's up there, he's a lower scale Obadiah stain, lower mm. scale, or maybe even this. I mean, R.J. Fletcher may kidnap a kid to get ratings. I think he's he's kind of there with Kristoff. I think he'd be that you know, disgusting <laughs> right. to do so. Oh, yeah, he, but, he would definitely do it. <laughs> now, I, I kind of want to save it for like the big reveal. I mean, death. Okay. I'm voting for death because R.J. Fletcher's plot is foiled by Weird Al Yankovic. Now, you can be... <laughs> Foiled by his weirdness, then you don't deserve to move forward in this tournament. <laughs> but if you can get outsmarted
0: by Devin Sawa, <laughs> it's tough because death is really what makes that without death, there is no final destination. And Final Destination, I, I told Dan when we watched when I watched this movie for the first time, I had seen some of the prequels, but to see the original in its 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 true form and how they really incorporated that that theme into this movie, unlike anything I've ever seen before that deals with the subject of death, to make it as enjoyable as it was. I have to say, as nasty as R.J. Fletcher was and those medium moguls kind of... I'm not a huge fan of them in, in movies or outside of movies. I think Kristoff uh, already filled that uh, that niche with that bracket. I don't think R.J. Fletcher is as evil as Kristoff is to get himself through the next round. And I so, agree you know. completely. Voting yeah, with death. death.
1: Okay, good. So we got two <laughs> for death. Um. So so either way, I go, death is is moving on to the next round. So that's good to know. Um. Look, like, look in hard, time, like in a time in yeah, uh, it, it, in a time like in the mid to to late nineties to really late nineties to early two thousands, where studios were picking up all of these new horror movies and hoping to make franchises out of them. They were they were looking to do what happened in the, in the 80s with Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, the Halloween stuff from the earlier, all of that. Um, they, they were looking for this this new way to appeal to audiences with horror. And what they did was kind of dumbed it down a little bit and made it really accessible to teenagers, to to kids, uh, early teens, young adults, whatever. Um, there was like a whole string of, of things that they tried. There were so many movies that came out. And, and for the longest time, final destination was just one of those. It was like urban legend. It was like, uh, it it was just one of those throwaway teen horror movies. That was, that was absolutely nothing. And that's all I thought about it. Um, it wasn't important to me. I had seen it. Um, and it was just, it was just a a teen horror movie from the late nineties, early two thousands. That's all. I went and rewatched it one day because I saw someone watching one of the sequels and talking about it. And I was like, really like you, you, you really like these movies a lot. I wonder why let me, let me, let me take a step back and watch it. And, and the reason that I am so intrigued by final destination, I think it's actually a really, really good movie. When we talk about horror movies and you talk about, that dumbed down teen horror movie from the, from the late nineties, early two thousands. And then you talk about the more like sophisticated elevated horror movies that come out now that everyone has to have, you know, they're like, it's a great film regardless of it's a horror movie or not. So you got that pretentiousness to it now, but um, this almost is an elevated horror movie before elevated horror movies exist. In my opinion, this is something where you take out that slasher, you take out that cartoon character, uh, horror villain and everything and you replace it with the invisible entity of death and death's design and it's so planned out it's so methodical it's so uh it it's death like holy shit like that's what (laughs) makes final destination and all of its sequels so good is is death like death is a character in here um, and, and the way that they do that is just outstanding. Um, so I'm, I'm obviously going to go for death here. Uh, not to take anything away from Kevin McCarthy, but, um, but yeah, it's got to be death. So
2: <laughs> I'm going to give you what the studio was thinking. They said, you mean we're going to have a character mm-hmm. <laughs> in, a, in a series of films, but we won't have to pay an actor a raise <laughs> every time he comes back? That's brilliant. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure, look, I'm sure it was a, a, a happy accident,
1: but damn, they made out.
0: It, it yeah. paid off for him, and I never yeah. thought of it like that, but I like that, that theory, Matt. I think that's guaranteed the, <laughs> the conversation that happened in the boardroom when they were writing this bad boy. So... The last bracket. <laughs> this of, is my favorite, favorite one. one. Yes, <laughs> oh, everybody's favorite. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know what I'm picking. Just the way it, it it lands on the last bracket. We're gonna split this episode into two. We're gonna finish these first eight brackets, and then we're we're gonna do a separate episode with our finals. Um, So stay tuned for that. But the last bracket here,
2: Matt. What are we looking at? At the number 15 seed, we have Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. And at number two, I guess this is a tag team edition? I, let me, my justify justification
0: there is, I didn't know really who the bad guy was, um, so maybe we can talk through it and, and narrow it down, but I put both here. You have Dennis Nedry
2: and John Hammond, both from Jurassic Park. <laughs> so I guess what we have to do first is figure out who the villain is in Jurassic Park and why it's that's... not the Raptors.
0: <laughs> the Raptors just kill. Like, there's no justification. <laughs> you can't go into the psychological <laughs> aspects of of Look, kidnapping a baby. You mean, that's the same thing as the Terminator. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so we're saying the Terminator is basically a Velociraptor.
2: Pretty much. But <laughs> <laughs> they're, both, they're both robots with fake skin on top. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if I'm thinking about who in the movie Jurassic Park did something worse now refreshment remember nedry was after the the sample for whom for the uh, n- oh, the other
1: the, corporation that yeah, the wanted rival to make biotech
0: <laughs> i can't remember the name.
1: yeah um okay so so yeah he had to steal that dna and then he was taking it to go bring it to whoever it was from the other donner what, what what's the guy's name i at the beginning i forget Daunton, um <laughs> Dotson, there
2: we go there we go who, makes, who, makes, who, <laughs> return in the, who make turn in the most recent jurassic world uh yes
1: movie. so he's he's just stealing that and and selling it to them that's 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 what's going on there that's his whole intention that's, now, that's everything. why
2: is he doing that because hammond isn't paying him enough money otherwise mm. he wouldn't have the motivation of uh needing to do that in the first place so it's it's a, a funny joke and a meme and revelation that <laughs> Hammond spared no expense except for this one area, which is what <laughs> caused the downfall of Jurassic Park. Look, in, it in, is funny. I, I, I don't
1: disagree with you, but I like to think that the character of Dennis Nedry, just what we see and and, and hear about him and everything that regardless of how much he was getting paid an extra lump sum on top of that is motivation enough for him to do something. I don't think that he would sit back and say I get paid
0: enough, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to worry about this shit. So you think he'd always ask for more and more and when he doesn't get what he wants, he would just sell secrets? I think so. Yeah, that's pretty scummy of him.
2: Yeah, I mean his his intent was to, you know, he shuts off the power just to cut across the island faster. It's not to mm-hmm. release the dinosaurs and cause chaos on the island. That's not what his uh, his intent really was. So yeah, so his his clear yeah to echo what you guys are both saying. All he wants is money. Mm-hmm. So his and, ignorance and caused and selling the whole thing. and selling company secrets is exactly what he's doing. Um, now, had this been you know a government agent and he was selling american secrets to the soviets he would be considered a terrorist or a spy um he or oh what's the other word i'm looking for espionage no, no, no double yeah, agent
0: no. <laughs> i'm Seven trying I'm, I'm just going through my james bond <laughs> my james bond rolodex <laughs> uh dr no
2: uh, <laughs> <all of our laughs> oh, you're cut all this out we'll just go with uh oh man what is I'm leaving this in. They're gonna hear you struggle. Yeah, yeah, you gotta leave it in. It's, it's oh, God. Oh, a trader. podcast a traitor. He would he's a <laughs> traitor to I mean, he would be considered a traitor to his country if he was selling American secrets to the Soviets. He's a mm-hmm. traitor to the company, uh, by selling secrets to another biotech engineering uh firm. So now, in doing so, his 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 crime is very, you know, you would consider to maybe be white collar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think between the two of them, Nedry is doing the far more uh, villainous thing. Right.
0: Hammond just starts a, a a a park. Right. He just and maybe he makes some a couple bad choices. Is it ethical to clone dinosaurs? Watch Jurassic Park and our discussion there. But you're right. I think that without Nedry in this movie, nothing, none of this happens. Hold on, we got a Jurassic Park figurine.
1: <laughs> you know, we got Dennis Nedry here. I just we need some visual on the screen, so when we're oh, talking oh. about him, uh, that's sure, all. No
0: problem. Everyone's pulling out their their <laughs> Jurassic Park. Merch. Oh yeah,
1: oh, well, yours looks a and little more oh, no, Yeah, my
2: it. Nedry Funko Pop. <laughs> sure. I'll keep him up front here. Oh, and so we while love we're Jurassic out, Park. sure. I mean, this is not a visual show, but I guess I'll bring out my John Hammond Funko Pop as well.
0: Very, very nice.
2: <laughs> I got that over there too, but it's out of reach. So you know,
0: we'll now just... somebody we haven't <laughs> mentioned their name even once is Biff Tannen from back mm-hmm. to the future. Mm-hmm. You're kind of t- prototypical high school bully, not much uh, to mention yeah. to him except give me your lunch money.
2: Sure. But before that, we see him continue his bullying ways in the 1985 present. He's introduced as a full grown adult bullying, uh, george mcfly around before we see like their origin story in the past where mm-hmm. uh, it's virtually the same relationship but right. uh, what makes biff tannin a villain what takes him from bully to villain is the attempted rape of lorraine baines <laughs> wow yeah and i think that's something
0: n- when you put it like that that's something that nedry white collar crime or not it's it's not it's villainous it is it's really messed up what they both do but biff Tannen doing that that's that's there's a problem there that's problematic yeah
1: biff Tannen has those tendencies he's got uh, something in, in, ingrained in his dna there where he is just a shitty person he's he's a bully he's a potential rapist he's he's a bad guy um dennis nedry john hammond they made some stupid mistakes I don't think that most of them were intentional other than uh, selling out the the dinosaur DNA there but of course everything that happened after that that cost lives uh, his own or or whatever yeah. uh, was accidental I think that that's this is one of the greatest examples of where you have to weigh that villainous intent like okay you accidentally killed some people uh, it, it's like it's like uh convincing a jury or something of your what your crime is. Um, are you going to be sentenced for like intentional manslaughter? Are you going to be, I I can't think of what the other names for things are, but like accidentally killing someone, uh, whatever that's called. Um, I think that that's going to kind of play into it. And then of course, we're not talking sequels or anything. We're only talking the first movies, but I mean, Biff Tannen is not just your stereotypical high school bully. Um, he's, he's much more than that. Yeah, it's it, this is an interesting one. It's very, very interesting that this is the last bracket for the yeah. night um, because this is. Look, I'm still on neither side right now.
0: Yeah, I, I I think it's. I don't know what I'm I'm leaning either way, because Biff Tannen. I think it's the first movie where he says he coins the term "Hello, McFly."
1: I think it's uh, the second, but I'm not a hundred percent.
0: I think. Okay, we'll have to fact check me on that
2: one. <laughs> yeah he uh, that's thinking <laughs> are you talking about when he like uh when he knocks on his head think yeah i think yeah hello or, is anybody home yeah think that's McFly, that's the line is, yeah. yeah
0: and it's just a something that's that's out there and dan you use the term zeitgeist and I, i've been using that more in my everyday life oh, yeah, Is yeah. as like hello mcfly like like what's going on and i've heard that ever since i was a little kid even before seeing back to the future i knew that that character said that quote and that's that's something that I've always said, whether the quotes verbatim or not. um I think that Biff Tannen, <laughs> as soon as you told me that you mentioned that rape thing, I, I can't look past that. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to vote for Biff Tannen as a, a worst villain here. As much as I, I, we all enjoyed Jurassic park. I, I'm personally voting for Biff Tannen.
2: Now the fate of these characters, now Biff Tannen's fate is determined in the first movie. We go to uh, the, a new, an alternate 1985 where he's waxing uh, George McFly's car he's no longer his bully he now he kind of works for him which for a lot of people were like uh, why would you hire the guy who uh, almost raped your girlfriend to be near her at all it's uh, one of those little right uh, which you might call a movie mistake as to uh, Dennis Nedry he gets quite the exit from uh, from the movie when he uh, crashes his jeep and he comes across a, a Dilophosaurus the uh, Dilophosaurus uh First, spits in his face. There are two of them, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You, you only only see them one at a time on screen, but he can conf- he's confronted by one. He gets uh, you know, that black like ink. I guess you call it spit. spit. Yeah. Venom. Mm-hmm. Venom. Venom, yes, is uh shot into his face. He makes his way back to the deep where a second Dilophosaurus is there waiting for him and presumably devours him whole. Um, so that's as a big, far- big job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. (laughs) Sorry, Wayne Knight. He's (laughs) still working on it. It's been 30-some-odd years. He's still picking the bones of Dennis Nedry. Between those two, um, I am going to go with Biff Tannen as far as iconography is concerned. In our town, Jerry and I live in the same town, Windsor, Ontario, there's a bar called Villains. And in this bar framed are framed drawings of iconic movie villains. On that wall is Biff Tannen. Who's missing is Dennis Nedry. So based on that, Biff Tannen is by far the more popular okay. uh, choice as far as villain is concerned between these two.
0: The the bracket is pretty much decided, but it's always interesting to see if someone can <laughs> sweep another, of uh, one contestant can sweep another. Just kind of like a a preview as to the next round. So I'm really interested to see where Dan sits you
1: say that i'm interested to see where i sit (laughs) um i'm i'm gonna have to convince myself one way or another i think that i i like what you guys are saying here i i agree with what you guys are saying i made some points earlier that that i still stand by um i think that whenever we take into account certain things like earlier matt was talking about kill count um I don't, Biff Tannen has, has zero body count as, as far as I can recall. I don't think anybody dies at the mercy of Biff Tannen. Um, the
2: first move being no. Yeah. Uh, we are basing this on.
1: Nedry, Hammond, um, uh,
2: at least we got some. <laughs> there's, yeah.
1: There's something there. And then on top of that, I I try to think, and, and I think that Dennis Nedry didn't really do anything that, sinister that that crazy he sold out some company secrets for some money something uh arguably a lot of people would do um that doesn't really make you villainous uh, sure it makes you a criminal or a bad person to an extent or whatever shitty to the company but that doesn't necessarily make you a villain um i think that dennis Nedry's real moment where he becomes a villain in jurassic park is in that scene where he thinks that he's kind of uh one up the let me get the dinosaur's name right again dilophosaurus yeah okay um where he he thinks that he's gotten one over on him and then he starts to call him stupid and that they're not really smart (laughs) and all of that all right now he's a Villain. Now <laughs> a piece of shit. Come on. What right do you have? <laughs> so
2: no wonder you're um, extinct.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Absolutely. So uh,
1: I think he does cross that line into villain territory. I, I never see that with John Hammond. I, I think that everything that John Hammond does is is uh just a mistake. Um Biff Tannen is unarguably a piece of shit who <laughs> who will remain that uh, his entire life and, and just does things to watch other people suffer. Kind of like the collar, kind of like uh, some of the other ones that we talked about here in this bracket. So I do agree with you guys. I will go along with Biftan, Tan. And I think that that's my, uh, my pick as well. But yeah, it was interesting to flesh that out and get it out there.
0: (laughs) It's good. I hope we changed a lot of people's minds on a lot of these (laughs) characters. They didn't know they loved or hated. So there, that's it. That is the first round of our first 16 Uh, We will be finishing this bracket on the next episode. So stay tuned. Jer, I hate to interrupt, but I I think you forgot something really important here, actually. Let me me just run through. Hold on. Let me think here. Yeah. I'm going to add some some Jeopardy music. Yeah.
1: um, (laughs) Look, I hate to do this, but you forgot one of the brackets. Um, I think that whenever you were setting these up, you forgot about Rusty, the um, antagonist in season four of Full House
0: how dare i how could i christopher michael is the ultimate villain of all of this now let's put john Stamos versus bob saget
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh god well don't even get me started there look just i guess next episode we'll talk about it but he is the son of danny's girlfriend cindy and damn that's
0: all i can say well that'll be next bracket (laughs) stay tuned for our full house villain bracket yes please Where the villains are like chores and <laughs> life lessons. Okay, yeah, exactly. that, that was going to be something Making I lemonade. said about
2: uh, the two episodes I was on last season were Jurassic Park, which we talked about, but mm-hmm. uh, the other movie was Clerks. And there's mm-hmm. no clear villain in Clerks except, you know, the day I mean, the whole, I, I, maybe the customers <laughs> I,
0: I racked my brain to think i even went through the customers who went through the ones that were real pains <laughs> but i just don't think they hold the light to even somebody like rj fletcher there's so the that's un,
2: the unseen boss who never shows up to uh relieve dante from his shift like he promised he's the that real villain. guy is at the top of my shit list <laughs> here you heard it here first
0: folks before we take off uh, the rest of this bracket will be in part two uh, matt
2: oh am i not coming back for the second half of this thing i was really hoping i'd be there no you helped us
0: decide these once you're out of here <laughs> no matt Matt will be back of course but uh why don't you tell him where to find your your other project
2: yes okay excellent uh check out mac flash entertainment on youtube and there you will see uh my face um you will also see jerry's face and you'll also see dan's face if uh for anyone who hasn't done that yet these two competed in uh one of our movie trivia championship matches um now depending on when this airs it will have already been on uh youtube for some time i think after you listen to this head over to mac flash entertainment on youtube and you will see jerry take on dan in movie trivia
0: (laughs) that's going to be a whole other episode of, of real good movies for sure Absolutely. I mean absolutely for the
2: people who uh I mean the audio will certainly show up later in this feed, I think.
0: Now you guys gotta listening. If you're listening to this, pick a side. Are you team Jer Are you team Dan? No more team Jacob. No more team Edward. Yes.
1: (laughs) The real teams are about to start now. Pick a side. (laughs) Oh, I can say
0: good luck. Good luck to Matt for having to host that. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you on the next episode where we finish the rest of this bracket Uh, on behalf of Matt and Dan. Actually, no, that's not how we outro things here. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of real good movies. As always, I'm Jer. I'm Dan. I'm Matt. And we thank you for listening. Good night. Hey, McFly. What do you think you're doing? Biff. Hey, I'm talking to you, McFly, you Irish bug. Oh, hey, Biff. Hey, guys, how are you doing? You got my homework finished, McFly? Uh, well, actually, I figured since it wasn't due till Monday. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey, think,
2: McFly. (laughs) Think. (laughs)
1: Think.